where you going? No, man, you got the right classroom. Come on in, take a seat beside me, my friend. Hey, look, here come T.A. Charlie. Let's see what he got to say. It's Friday the 13th, and it's October. Get ready for a scary show, folks. You're watching The Road to Concord. That's all we ever tell them. Scary shows. Yeah, well. I don't want to do a scary show. I know you don't, but you're going to anyway. Homeroom is on Rumble. Just go to Rumble and search the channels for The Road to Concord. It's one word. When you find it, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. And you click follow. I can't even talk today. It might mean you got to set up an account, but it's fast. It's easy. It's free. I did it. You can do it. For those technologically challenged members of the class, you can also catch us on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, and sometimes YouTube. That ain't going to be today. Mostly that's just Wednesdays. Then you can catch the podcast after the show. It's uploaded to Podbean, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Just look for The Road to Concord. You can go to the blog page. That's roadtoconcord.com. That's where you find all your show notes, study notes, and handouts for the class. Finally, you can email a professor at joe at the road to concord.com. He's a little slow right now. He will eventually get around to emailing you back. Yeah, I know there's a couple in there. You're waiting on them. Phones are on today, 229-469-0335, but only for registered numbers. Yeah, Dodo Cops, you got to be registered. They ain't going to work no more. We only accept calls from regular known listeners if you wish to call in you must be known class members that have participated in the chats on a regular basis you may then request access through an email we're not a talk show or a classroom if you find our classes helpful please click the thumbs up like subscribe and share it with those you think could benefit from it warn them warn them joe is an acquired taste If you haven't been here before, you will find that out today. This show is listener-sponsored because nobody else will provide us any advertising. (laughs) So that's why we're not limited in the content we provide. Probably because I'm an acquired taste. Yeah, that too. With that said, we do ask for your participation on a value-for-value basis. If you find our shows of value to you, then you provide an equivalent portion of your labor and treasure through the donut link on the Road to Concord blog page the show description on Rumble, and in the comments on the other streams. That's because they're my favorite brand. Hey crazy. where you going? No, man, you got the right classroom. Come on in, take a seat beside me, my friend. Hey, look, here come T.A. Charlie. Let's see what he got to <laughs> Somebody's say. got the computer set on loop. <laughs> Charlie did it. Uh, good morning, class. Yes, ma'am. Hey, so, uh, Charlie, you got to do the intro again, right? No. 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 We'll no? let you do it. Yeah, you do it. Do it as a unicorn. Hey! Welcome <laughs> to the Road to <laughs> Concord. Blip, 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 blip. All right, folks. Um, Friday the 13th. First and foremost, y'all be careful out there today. Um, They're calling for a global jihad. I doubt we'll have any problem in the southeast, but there are some of you that listen in places where you might actually have trouble today. I know that a lot of folks in America will dismiss this. They think there's nothing to it. Yeah. I'm, 
I didn't want to do the show today. I didn't, I didn't. And, and I'll tell you right now, I didn't, I, I didn't do show prep last night. I didn't, I couldn't, I ran into something yesterday in, in a other part of my life that has nothing to do with the show, n- nothing directly, but I ran into another part of my world that, um, it just, it, it took the wind out of my sails. Um, I don't know what to do with it. Well, that's not true. I do know what to do with it. And I don't mind doing it. I'm just, I don't know what the word is. It's not disappointed. It's not angry. It's not upset. Um, it's not dejected. It's not, dep- I don't know what the, melancholy maybe? I, I, I don't know. But I'm just in a in a state of some sort of that that what's coming on in my world is even necessary. That I just this can be one of these days where you're going to get to see parts of me that I hide from the world. The, the, the philosopher's hat is on today. Jim, Jimmy Zinker, if he's listening, is going to love today. I don't understand humanity. And, and when I say that, this is like a dualism. I get it. Intellectually, I understand human nature better than most people I've encountered. But I don't understand why we're that way. Why? We've been given the tools to not be this way. We've been given the ability to reason and to think. We've been given the... Yeah, Jimmy who. <clears throat> We've been given the ability to examine things, to make choices. We've been given a free will. We can look at the world and through history and other people, and we can learn. And yet we still, the the dog returns to its vomit and the pig returns to its mire. It's the gods of the copybook headings. I, I am, lately, folks, I am feeling, if, if, if I make it into the kingdom and he is there, I need to, Paul's one of the first guys I want to see after I'm, after I meet the creator, but I've got to go talk to Solomon. Cause I'm going to be like, I get it, dude. I got it. It's all vanity. It's all chasing after the wind. And that's because we never learn. I ran into something on Facebook. Oh, jeez. I got a friend of mine who recently just ditched Facebook. I, I, he's done it before. I don't know how long he'll stay gone this time, but see, he's trying to do what, what I'm talking about. He's trying to use his brain and say, this stuff's bad for me. I got to quit. So he turned it off. And in the last message he was is if you're my true friend, you know how to get a hold of me. And I do. I, I've known him for 20 something years, almost 30. Now I know how to get a hold of him. I don't need Facebook to call him. So he's actually trying to do what it is. I'm realizing I need to start doing, you know, I, I just, I, why the heck are y'all here? I'm serious, man. I got enough trouble with the man in my own mirror. And what the heck are y'all listening to me for? Y'all crazier than I am. But to that extent, I turn on Facebook and I ran into something um, yesterday. One of my friends wrote something that another friend of mine had put together. And I'm going to show it to you. No names. I took the names out of this. So if you happen to know who is in in all of this, good, fine. Keep it to yourself. I'm not outing anybody here. This isn't about that person. This is about the thinking behind this. Because 
on the surface, you're going to go, yeah, right. That's right. It's accurate. This is profound. Uh, uh, uh. There's more to this. So, so let me just let me just set this up. I'm going to let you see it. I'll put myself down in the corner here. All right. Here we go. This is whether you realize it or not, the world we live in is an illusion. He's got Morpheus there from the Matrix movies. And he writes, he says, uh, whether we realize it or not, the world we live in is an illusion. The world we live in every day is an elaborately constructed lie, fabricated to give us a false sense of control and keep us distracted. I know, it sounds crazy. It says, it's like what adults do for children, to create a softer version of the world so that children are not mortified by how things really are out there. The world that we live in keeps us so busy, and when we do have free time, it's mostly consisting of seeking out various types of entertainment and food. It's what ancient Rome used to call giving people circuses and cake, something to pacify the masses so that the elites could run the empire while we were pleasantly distracted. The world we live in mostly consists of having selective programming and distractions living under the illusion that we are in control. Nothing could be further from the truth. There are, in fact, serious situations that are going on behind the scenes that we may not be aware of. This is people groups conspiring together, people groups controlling resources, people groups controlling technologies, people groups controlling governments, people groups controlling politics, people groups controlling religions, yes, including Christianity, people groups controlling wars, people groups controlling our health, people groups controlling the media, People groups controlling the narrative. This is people groups controlling our fabricated world. This fake world has been pulled over our eyes to keep us from asking the bigger questions, such as how much would it take to push us into full out end of the world situation like World War III or Armageddon? We have been so sheltered, we have been programmed to think that nothing like that could ever happen to us. No one is really ever, ever really thinks that anything bad will happen to them until it does. Most of our major wars and major disasters that have hit humanity in the past came at a time when we were, for the most part, unaware. And after it does happen, everyone says the same thing. How did they not know this was going to happen? Even if we can pull the curtain off and show people this real world, that has been hidden from the 99% of the people who will just put the curtain back into place and go back to their TikToks and skinny vanilla lattes, and the illusion that nothing bad is ever going to happen to them. It says it's just human nature, I suppose. Ignorance is bliss. Therefore, knowledge is pain, and we avoid pain at all costs. With all that said, this thing going on in Israel right now is actually more significant than we think. He says, um, according to the Bible, Israel is the focal point of all prophecy, specifically the sacred space of the holy city Jerusalem. As this war continues to develop, just know that this evil that surrounds Israel is nothing nothing to take lightly. There is more going on here than most of us could know. This is Yahweh blessed. You know, God blessed. Okay. I got it. Seems good, doesn't it? There's a problem with it. It's not true. It's true on the surface, but it's not true ultimately. You're not under a, 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 the world is not an illusion. You're deluded. And there's a difference. If you think 
that the world is beyond your ability to make heads or tails out of. You've fallen for the delusion. And in which case, yeah, illusion is connected to this. But this idea that we have to live with this, this is wrong. In my opinion, in, in my way of thinking, this is wrong. The way I see this work, it is all about perspective, folks. We, were, we had this class. I did an entire class on perspective for you. If you can't see the chalkboard, it, it looks down. The picture here is it's all about perspective. You look down on a, a wet spot on a piece of cement, uh, asphalt. Looks like it's an asphalt road or a, or a bike path or something. You just see a wet spot. When you get down to the ground and you look along the, the level of the ground, you can see the wet spot, but you also see what appears to be a small pond or a lake, and it's reflecting the sky above. And things look prettier. You know, it, it's more like the reflection on a pond or peaceful lake or something. It's all about the way you look at things. And, and I tried to explain this to folks before. It, it's, it's all perspective. But how's, how's that connected to this? I understand that the piece we just read, the individual who wrote it is trying to help other people see and understand the world and wake up. I get the intent. I know the author. I know the intent. But when I look at it, and please forgive me, I don't mean insults, and I don't mean to grandize myself. That's not the point. I'm trying to just, this is fire's hot, water's wet type of talking. It just is. When I read that, I saw muddled thinking. You're on to it, but you haven't put it in proper order because you didn't dig Deep enough, the person who wrote it didn't get to the lowest common denominator. So they're trying to make heads or tails out of something before they got all the pieces to the puzzle on the table. And you're going to miss things when you do that. We all do this, myself included. It's, 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 uh, like I said, there was a lot of good stuff in what we just read. But it's not, the puzzle has just, it's still jumbled on the table. And I get it. I understand the person who wrote it, what they're trying to do. I got that. But perception is deception. Many people look, but few people actually see. And what do I mean by that? Why did I choose this meme? When you look at something and you take it at face value, you're going to be deceived. Because things are very rarely what they appear to be. Sometimes they are. Other times they're not. But when you look and all you do is take something at face value, you haven't taken the time to look deeper to make sure that what you're seeing is what's there. That's what I'm saying. You didn't examine it. You didn't really look at it. You just took it on face value, on the, on the surface. Some people who look past that, they see a little bit more. But they, they, they don't really look down deep. I, had, I once had it explained to me like a glass-bottom boat. If you look at the surface of the water from the shore, all you see is the surface of the water. But if you're on top of a boat, you can look down into it a little ways. Okay, that's, you looked a little ways into it. If you're in a glass-bottom boat, sometimes you can see all the way to the bottom of the water. That's really digging down into it. 
So when you want to examine a situation or something that you see or a situation, whatever, whatever the issue or subject is that comes up, take it on face value. Just see the surface of the water. You got no idea what's underneath there. You think it's water. It might not be. Might be something else going on here. Might not be a lake. It, 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 I have no idea. It's just a, it's just a hasty illustration. You get up closer to it, you can look down into it a little bit, peer down into it. You might see a fish swimming or a rock or a stick or something. Whatever. Or on the shallowest parts of the water, you might be able to see the bottom. But when you're out in the middle of the lake or pond or river, whatever it is, in a glass-bottom boat, you can see everything down there. How deeply do you examine things? Say, well, Joe, there's so much to examine. Eat the, the elephant one bite at a time. Put, this is why I tell you, you've got to have a worldview. You've got to put these things together. You've got to be grounded. Whatever language you want me to use, fill it in for me. But your perception can be and is deception if, if you don't understand why you're looking at it from that perspective. Well, you know me. De definitions, right? An illusion. An erroneous perception of reality. In the piece that we just wrote, read, rather, the, the author meant that that's what we all live in this mistaken understanding of reality. Well, I wish he would keep going because he, he's a Christian. The author who wrote it is a Christian. He said, This world is just a great big illusion. Is it? Before we read the rest of these definitions, let me explain something to you. This is why I say the author didn't stop to think about this. This grill is just a great big illusion. Oh, Yahweh bless. God of the Bible, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What he just called Yahweh is the author of confusion. Because Yahweh in the Bible says the world was good. Even after the fall, the world is still good. It still has order. So if the world is disorder, it's all just a great big illusion, how are you ever going to find the truth that the Bible says is out there? The Bible says it is truth. And it says, if you seek it, you'll find it. If you seek him, you'll find him. So it's a lie. So that author, unknowingly, said that the God he worships is a God of lies, deception, and chaos. Illusion. I have a problem with that. The author didn't mean to say that, but he did. When I apply logic to it, logical extension, he knows what the Bible says about the world. And he knows that the Bible goes contrary to what he was expressing. That's not because he's wrong. He knows better. He didn't grab hold of the subject and look at it. He didn't look deep enough. He just looked down through the through into the surface of the water that he could see from the top of the boat. He didn't look through the bottom of the glass bottom. Didn't stop to think about it long enough. Why? Well, there's many reasons that could be, and it would all be supposition. But most of the time, it's because either the purpose of writing the piece was not really to clarify anything, or he was too lazy to stop and actually get the glass-bottom boat into the water and look through it and try to make sense out of what he saw then. I don't know. We'd have to ask him. I'm not going to accuse him one way, shape, form, or the other. Could be he just doesn't understand it. That's okay. Delude. A delusion is the act of deluding. Delude is to cause to hold a false belief. Deceive thoroughly. 
Synonym, deceive. What does deceive mean? To cause to believe what is not true, to mislead. The author of the piece we started out reading, he's a believer, I know who he is. He knows that Satan is the author of deception. He knows this. So what he's basically telling you is not that the world is an illusion, but that you've fallen for deceptions. Had he put that that way, he might have helped those who can have ears to hear. The way he wrote it, he added to the deception. He didn't clarify the issue. He didn't dig down to the bedrock. He didn't look for the meaning of the things underneath what he was talking about. We all do this, myself included. We do it hastily. I do it to y'all all the time without ever meaning to. Because I assume you've done the same homework I have. And people do it to me from time to time because they're into things other than what I am. They assume that I know it when I don't. We do this all the time. I got in trouble with that with my wife this very morning. <laughs> yes, you did. So, folks, it's, and it's a dual, there's, there's two of us in this, in this, when we say something hastily without thinking about it and, and we don't make it as clear as we can, that's on us. But if you're the listener and you don't realize you should ask some questions and then ask the author or the speaker to clarify, that's on you. So if you misunderstand, you know, well, there's more than one way this could have been taken. Let's, let's question them. Okay. Now, in the case of this individual that we're writing the piece from, I know this individual fairly well. I've got a really, I don't know for sure, I'm telling you that right now, but I got a really good idea. I know what's going on there because I know a lot of the background, the context. And um, still, if I could, I'd ask him why he didn't slow down and do more. But right now, the author and I, he doesn't want to talk to me. So I'm going to leave him be because I'm respecting his wishes. But if somebody else had written that, I'd have probably asked them openly, hey, why didn't you keep going? So let's keep going. Perspective is all about how you see the world. That's what he's talking about. That's what he's trying to talk about. What part of it do you look at? Well, for me, I believe most people are kind of like this picture. They look through the frame. That's the world that's, that, that, that's the part of the world that they're busy with every day in their day-to-day -day lives. And that's cool. And I know a lot of people who will look at the rest of this picture. They look to the sides. Now, I like those people a little bit more. Don't get me wrong. I like the frame picture people too. But I like the people who want to look outside the frame a little bit as well. But the ones I really love are the ones who are trying to put that 360 degree, you know, panoramic, you know, Ultramax or IMAX type video together. Because that's me. I, I, I'm going to have to turn around and look and see what's behind me, man. And I like to see the whole picture as best I can see it. I'm not claiming not, nothing special. I like to see the whole picture as best I can understand, best I can see it, best I can understand it. But too many of us are satisfied with that little frame picture. Well, what if the thing that's coming to kill you is just to the right or left of that frame? And then when it's finally in the frame, it's on top of you. And it's too late to do anything about it. 
that's kind of like the part of what, you know, the, like I said, the piece we read, and if you're just joining us, we, we read something from Facebook a little while ago to start the show. It even says, you know, how did they not see this coming? Because they were happy to look through that picture frame all the time and never look to the left or the right or maybe turn around and look behind them. Remember when I started the show out, I says, I'm disappointed with people. How did we not see World War II coming? I'm serious about that. And I don't mean, well, why didn't we read Mein Kampf and take Hitler at his word for his threats? That's one way. But how did you not see the Versailles Treaty and the crap that was motivating it behind in Woodrow Wilson's desire to punish Germany? How did you not see that and realize that that was setting the stage for World War II? I knew you could, anybody with a lick of, of comprehension of history and human nature could have looked at the Versailles Treaty and said, well, we're going to have trouble with Germany in the future. Because they're not going to they're not going to abide by this thing for long. They can't. It will impoverish them forever. Which is exactly what Woodrow Wilson was trying to do. Wilson thought that the Germans would willingly submit to being peasants in Europe for the rest of eternity. Because they would have never paid off the war debt, not the way it was written. Well, the Germans weren't going to do that. He he, the Teutonic people. Wilson was an idiot, and I do mean. In this case, he was foolish. He should have seen this coming. Anybody who understood what was going on there and politically and human nature-wise knew World War II was coming. So what's going on in the world in, in Israel right now? Oh, my gosh. How can you not see this coming? How? Well, why didn't they see this coming? Because you believed the little picture frame that you had painted for yourself or the people who didn't see this coming, they believed that they shrunk the picture frame to suit the window they wanted. And they believed it. I saw it coming. If you've been reading my blogs for any length of time, they go back to the, to the early 2003, 2004, you read the road to Concord, you read the oil, go over and read the Rio Norte line. That's where my oldest stuff is. I predicted Trump. I predicted this war years ago. I'm not a prophet. I'm not. I know human nature. I know history. I looked at what we were doing. Easy peasy. This is what's going to happen. Not in details. I didn't tell you exactly it was going to be COVID or whatever. I told you he was going to run into a crisis. Trump was not ideologically grounded, so he's going to run into a crisis, and he's going to choose wrong. He's going to choose in a way that's going to hurt the country rather than help it. And he did. And the people who played him or who he played along with, it's all perspective, depends on how you want to look at it. They knew what was going on. And if they played him, they knew exactly how to play him. And if he was playing along, he made it look like he, he was being used as a dupe. Okay, that's not illusion, that's delusion. Either way you go somebody's trying to deceive you you've got to figure out which so how is it you don't see the war in the middle east coming because you don't care ultimately you don't until the little piece of the picture that you're looking through until this piece of the picture here till the rhinoceros you know is off there to the right by that other little tree off to the right outside the picture frame it's a rhinoceros coming to get you and he runs, 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 runs. And until he is in the picture about to hit you in the nose, you don't see him. 
Where'd he come from? He's been coming all along, Jack. The financial crisis we're in. Well, nobody warned us. Glenn Beck's been warning you for 10 years. He's been accurate. This AI crisis, Glenn Beck was warning you about that for 10 years, and he's been accurate. Timeline's wrong, but he told you that. He's been warning you. You didn't bother listening. The constitutional crisis we're in, people have been telling you about that for 40, 50, 60, 70 years. We didn't bother. We're, we're, I'm not going to act until it's inside my picture frame. Well, congratulations. It's too late to act. You're going to get run over. Rhino is going to run you over. Boom, 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 your speed bump. Now, if you'd have been looking outside of your picture, make your life a little bit bigger, pay attention to the world around you, situational awareness, maybe you'd have seen the rhino coming. We should have seen Israel coming. Israel should have seen Israel coming. Well, it was an intelligence failure, Joe. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It's a political failure because the political idiots over there are too busy believing the, the lies they tell themselves. Comment on a board from Clay, Clay Taylor, uh, Toller, rather. People are too com complacent. Yes. Complacent, lazy, um, self-interested, self-absorbed. That human nature thing again. But why? Because this will eventually bite you in the butt personally. Every one of us has been hit by that rhinoceros or elephant coming and running up at us from outside of our picture frame that we weren't paying attention to. And if we had been, we'd have seen it coming. Or... If we learn from other people's mistakes, we can structure our life in such a way that when the elephant or the rhinoceros does suddenly pop into the picture, all we've got to do is step to one side or the other because we built a wall in front of us. We've lived in such a way that when these problems do show up, we've prepared for them. Nobody's doing any of that. Now we're all running around like a bunch of chickens with our head cut off yelling, somebody got to do something. And that's when the Woodrow freaking Wilsons of the world are in heaven because they'll step forward with their solution and their solution is just more mess because nobody ever, the whole constitution was written in such a way to force the United States government to slow down and be deliberate. And what have they been trying to do ever since? Let's make it work faster, 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 faster. Well, that serves the tyrant. Because nobody stops to think and look down. We didn't get the glass bottom boat out. Look what the problem is so we can actually fix it. It's because the problem does, we don't want to fix the problem. That's part of what that piece we read about was. That piece was not written to fix the problem. I'm not going to tell you why it was written. I know, I know, I know why it was written. It, it, it was not written to help anybody understand or fix this problem. <clears throat> you, you have to expand your picture frame, folks you got to look outside what's off to the left and right. Sometimes you even have to turn around. You've got to be aware, and you've got to look past the surface. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, what's going on in Israel? It's a six. It's a nine. It's a six. It's a nine. It's a six. It's a nine. Depends on where you're standing, right? Hamas, Islam, Hamas, Islam. One's good. One's bad. Evil. Which side's evil? Evil is morally bad or wrong, wicked. So which side is wicked? Is it Hamas or is it Israel? And I didn't realize this, but just now, coincidentally, red is only evil if you're a Christian. If you're an Arab, that's a color of good. Well, if you're Muslim. So I didn't realize that what we have here is one of the colors of Islam on the right and one of the, the colors of white and blue of Israel on the left, evil on the right, Hamas rather, whatever. You, you know what I'm getting at. 
get myself confused in my head because I'm my brain's ahead of my mouth. But the picture's perfect. The picture's perfect. Which side's evil? If I'm with Hamas, the red side thinks the, the white side's evil. If I'm with Israel, the red side could be evil. Aaron might be both. No. That, that's outside the definition of evil. Which side's morally right? Which side's morally wrong? This is a case of dig deeper. Yes, we know that both all human beings do a little right and a little wrong all the time. But which side is shooting for the correct target? Not whether or not you hit the target. Which side has the correct target of right and wrong in mind? If we look at this just politically, okay, I'm not trying to make a value judgment at this moment, but if we say that this picture over here on our right, on the right of your screen, the red side of the face, that's, that's um, going to be Hamas. The picture on the left is going to be Israel. Okay. Hamas wants to destroy all Jews. That's their stated goal. So politically, they're in a war against an entire people, genocide. And it's a religious political war. On the left, Israel has shown a willingness to negotiate, compromise, give up, protect the people on the right, Hamas. Yes, the Arab people, the Muslim people in Israel have just as many rights as you and I do. They're allowed to vote, own property, run their businesses. They have civil protections. They're Israeli citizens. Okay, that's a whole different paradigm. In all Israel wants, and they have demonstrated it by what they have done in history, that they just want to live peacefully. Which side is moral? You know, Dennis Prager with Prager University has a video out that's very good. One side wants the other side dead. Mm -hmm. I'll see if I can find a link for it. I'll throw it up there. Okay. It's very good. <clears throat> now, how do you negotiate with people that want you dead? and you just want to find a way to live with them. So which side? Which side's evil? And it's, it's, this is not a rhetorical question. I'm asking you to choose. I saw a picture last night of a, of a movie theater in Dearborn, Michigan. And the people in there are all having a party waving Palestinian flags. Well, they're, they're in America now. They're supposed to be Americans. And they're siding with Palestine. Good or evil? <laughs> that worked out too. That's the Holy Spirit working there, folks, man. I didn't plan that. I, ju I just noticed it here as I was doing this live show. Good or evil? Now, from my perspective... You know, I just told you Hamas on the right, Palestine on the right, Israel on the left. This works too. I think the people who want to kill an entire ethnicity, well, actually, it's in a religion because they actually don't want to kill all Jews. They want to kill all religious Jews, not ethnic Jews, religious Jews. It's the religion they want to kill. 
So they want to kill off the Judeo religion, the, the Jewish religion. All of them, no matter what skin color they are. But the people on the left just want to find a way to live with Hamas and coexist. So for me, I think Israel's shooting at the proper target. Hamas, therefore, is evil. You have to choose. Not to choose is to choose. If you do not choose, then you side with evil. Always, every time. So choose. Choose. Which side are you going to choose with? How do you decide? That's part of what this show is about. How do you decide which, which one to choose? How do I decide what is good and what is evil? How do I know? Do I use reason? Do I use faith? Reason says there's only science, there's no religion. Faith says that there is religion, there is a God, and it, it, he works above or over reason. What are you going to do with this? Well, there's a choose again, too. Me personally, I happen to think that they go together. And that's because I've thought it through. And I've also done a little bit of uh, looking through the bottom of the glass, bottom boat. I came to realize something. Part of what we're dealing with here is Hebrew versus Greek thinking. Part of what's going on in Israel right now is the difference between Hebrew and Greek thinking. Charlie, I'm going to pop you up here for a minute. Let's just stick that there. The Bible talks about his, Yahweh, God's going to stir up the sons of Zion. That's political Israel. And he's going to stir them up against the sons of Greece. That's in the Greek writing. That's in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, it would say nations are Gentiles, goyim. In Hebrew, it's the same word for both translations, isn't it? I believe so. Goyim, Gentile, and nations. Yeah. Depends on how we translate it. So in Hebrew thinking, would not all of the uh, Muslims also be sons of, of the Gentile nations? Yes, I would expect so, yes. That would make them sons of Greece. Mm. In the New Testament thinking, that would be sons of Greece. Would it not? Yeah. Concept yeah, to concept? That, that, would, that would fit in the concept, I believe. So we are seeing the sons of Zion stirred up against the sons of Greece. Yes. And if you're a correct. Christian who understands your Bible, you have to side with, with uh, Israel here. You have to. Oh, absolutely. Because you are grafted into Israel, not vice versa. There was no replacement theology. Israel, the Jews, have never been replaced, folks. Not according to the Bible. Actually, you're going to be put back together. Everybody's going So you've got to choose. Wouldn't you think, Charlie? Yes. It's a spiritual choice, isn't it? It is. Thank you, sir. So what are we back to? We're back to this. Hebrew versus Greek thought. Well, in this case, the Greek thinking here is Islamic thinking. That's the religious to religious side. But in the West, we have inherited the Greek, more of a secular way of thinking, the Greek philosophers thinking. Well, that's this, folks. 
that's Greek versus Hebrew thinking. And Charlie's free to chime in here if he sees anything he wants, because his Hebrew, he learns Hebrew. He's four or five years of studying Hebrew. He can speak it. He studies it weekly. He's got classes. He knows that it affects the language, changes the way you have to think. The language structures your thinking, which is what Tower of Babel story is all about. So in Greek thinking, you feel, think, choose, and act. In Hebrew thinking, you faith, choose, act, feel. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. The first thing a Greek does is convince me emotionally. And folks. Oh, this is good. In the, le- in, the, in the United States, both parties do this. Well, I'm conservative. I'm rational. I'm progressive. I'm rational. No, you're not. Neither side of you are. The very first place you start is you start with the emotional. For the Hebrew, I hear God's word and I make a willful choice to believe it. First, you hear the gospel, then you believe it. So this is the Greek has to be emotionally stirred up. The Hebrew, he thinks through it and makes a choice. First, chooses first. Number two for the Greek, prove it to my own logical mind until I'm satisfied. So once I've made an emotional decision, now I'm going to go prove it. And you know what you're doing already? You're reasoning backwards. Now you're trying to grab hold of what you see and find and make it fit what you've already emotionally decided. To the Hebrew, I choose to learn his commands and begin to do them. The Hebrew says, okay, I've heard God's word. I've chose to to believe it. Now I bend me to it. The Greek says, I bend it to me. Number three, the Greek says, after I'm convinced to my own satisfaction, after I twisted it, after I have self-deluded myself, then I'll try to do something as long as it continues to feel okay. As long as there's something in it for me. To the Hebrew, as I practice and obey God's word, then he opens up my understanding and it makes more sense to me. And I grow, which means I study more and I become more and more. I grow in my conformity to his ways. So finally, the Hebrew says, I enjoy God's blessing and feel good about it. That is the biblical joy right there. Oh my gosh, Joe, this, this slide is beautiful because this, this is what I've been trying to explain to people for a long time. And this, this slide really puts it together very well. Because I want to tie something else to this. And that is many people that are using the Greek model here not only equate this emotional feeling, but they equate that to the Holy Spirit. Yes. Okay. And that's so self delusion because it's when, themselves. Right, that right. This is dangerous. And the reason I say it's dangerous is you get down to number three. If you're not feeling, you know, all warm and fuzzy when you're walking out this path, then you assume that you no longer have this spirit with you. And then you're going to look to do something different to get that spirit back, that that elate, elated feeling, that emotion. But if you go over on the Hebrew side, it's a bit different mm-hmm. because you don't really get into the feeling until the fourth step. And that fourth step to a Hebrew from a Hebrew mind 
is a confirmation of what you're doing. No, yes, you just hit on it. Let me let me just reword what Charlie sure, said. Sure. Okay. To the Greek, I do all the work to make myself feel good. And whether or not I end up feeling good affirms whether or not the work was right. To the Hebrew, I feel good because I did all the work first. Right. And I feel good because I know the work was right. The work was right. That's why I feel good. It's an affirmation. What you're looking at here, the Greek says, tells himself he's logical, and that's fallacious. The, the Greek is fallacious through and through. Yes. We're told that the Hebrew is just totally faith-based, and yet that's logic and reason through and through. It's reversed. And the reason none of us ever understand this is we won't look anything past however deep we can look in the water from the surface. And when you're working through the Hebrew model in steps one, two, and three, you may not have much of this warm, fuzzy feeling, but, you know, so people will accuse you of not having the spirit. But if you don't have the spirit, you won't go through steps one, two, and three. Correct. At all. That, that's, that's my, because if you, if you look even at the scriptures, it says that, you know, Abraham was considered righteous because of what he did. Let me, let me change this Not up, folks. Felt. Let's say we're going to do this uh, politically. On the left, that's progressive thinking. Mm, and this is. is why they're so jump around mm. from one to another. Okay, I got this one Very belief and I'm no longer feeling good. They'll go look for another belief. They hop around because it's all about making themselves feel good. Now, on the right, if I'm logically based, not the emotional progressive, if I'm logically based, I I, I look to the world and I, I start figuring out the truth and I understand there's rules of logic. So I'm going to choose to pursue capital T truth using the rules of logic. And I work through them and I practice them in my life, weeding out fallacious understanding over and over again. Finally, I come to the good feeling of knowing that what I believe is rooted in having been worked through. Here's another way to look at this too, Joe. This is all perspective work that we're the, doing. The Hebrew side is grounded. Yes, there's okay, a foundation. They're grounded. They, they're founded. They have a foundation. The Greek side keeps looking for the next crisis so that it can deal with it to get that emotional, elated feeling that, oh, That's I an solved addict. the crisis. The thinking on it, the left is addictive. It's an addiction. It, it, oh, yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love this slide. This, this, oh, man. Jimmy. Chime in if you want on this one. <laughs> but on the right, it's not just, now we're looking at Greek thinking versus Hebrew thinking. I know, I know this is a religious slide, but notice what I've done, folks. I've taken this to politics. I've taken this to reason. I've taken this to emotionalism. This applies to everything. This is your whole world here. You have to choose. Choose. Notice this time we've got left, right. The people on the left are the ones who always want to control everything. Because if you can't control it, you can't get that high you're looking for. So those are your Karens. Those are your control freaks. The ones on the right realize, hey, man, I'm not in charge. And the more I learn, the more I'm going to realize I don't know. Right. So the harder you study, the less you know, the less you're certain about. But what you are certain about, you rock steady solid. No, it's true. You know it. We were talking on Worship Wednesday about you know, going back to the very basics and, you know, and I was talking a little bit, I, I think I talked briefly on the show saying, you know, sometimes we got to mow down and just raise our entire belief system and go down to bedrock and start from scratch and 
build it brick by brick, examine each brick before you even put it in place and make sure, okay, look at from all the sides, make sure this is a good quality brick and it's gonna be strong and it's, you know, everything's right with that brick before you even put it down. And then keep doing that as you go along. And sometimes you gotta go back and take out some of those bricks because you find out, oh, that yep. brick wasn't quite as good as I thought it was. And that's the way we gotta build our foundation if you're not doing that. Oh my good, oh, there we go, we got Jimmy. <laughs> Good morning, Mr. Zinker. Hey, buddy. How are we doing today? Well, I was driving along and I saw the bat symbol up in the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> we are definitely signaling you today, Jimmy. <laughs> Actually, I can't read the slide because I listen to you with my phone. Yes. And if I take a screenshot of the slide and enlarge it, then it cuts the show off and I can't hear you. So you'll I took back, a picture of it, it and I will enlarge it after the show's done and read it. Yes. Uh, that said, what you are discussing is a connection that I made several years ago um, through Ayn Rand, actually, on a method of thinking. Um, she described it as, I want it, therefore it is, versus it is, therefore I want it. And yes. As the foundation of thought. Yes. And notice that the ones that I want it, therefore it is, that's the easy way out. The other mm -hmm. way is a lot of work. And that's, oh, yeah. that's why you have more people in the, let's just, I want it, therefore it is camp than you do in the, I got to work for it camp. Well, that's why, you know, that, that's the kind of thinking where, number one, you have to evade reality. Yes. And, um, I mean, that is a necessity for that kind of thinking, but it's purely emotionally based thinking. Yes. That's delusional. In this case, it's self-delusion. Because you, you willfully took yourself. If you're, if you're emotionally thinking, you willfully took yourself down that path. Yep. And they, they, will, they will modify reality to fit what they desire in the face of the most overwhelming facts. For example... I decided the other morning to get up and do a, a Google search and read up a little bit on this theft of land that the Israelis supposedly committed against the Palestinians. <laughs> and so I come upon this article written by Amnesty International, and it talks about how Israel has taken over and Ill, has illegally taken over and occupied land since 1967. Well, if I did not know that there was a war in 1967, <laughs> I would automatically take on the thought because, you know, I'm reading this article, so apparently this is somebody of authority knows what they're talking about, right? Yeah, you would assume so that. So now I know and understand that Israel, Israel has illegally taken and occupied land from the Palestinians since 1967. Well, that's not the reality, you see. No, it isn't. And so since I knew about the war in 1967 that, you know, caused that taking away. And you land, know who started it. And who started it. And because I listened to Joe Bakanovic and have learned to recognize loaded language fallacies when I see them, I stopped reading right there and <laughs> went on to the next article until I found one that fit the reality that I know exists in the world. Let me interrupt real quick, I Jimmy. want it, therefore it is, versus it is. Therefore, I want it. Excellent. And what Jimmy just explained to you is how I weed through articles so quickly. 
when I get to what he just ran into, next article, Jack, because I know I got yep. garbage on my hand. The Lo- juice loaded language the right yes. there in the first sentence. Time to yep. move on. So I went and found another article. And I ultimately found one that took me all the way back to 1948. And then you knew you had something worth reading. Yep. There you go. Brilliant, Jimmy. Yeah. Brilliant. So that's that, that, that's the application of reason folks right there that's the digging down jimmy has a foundation of the under he understands what's going on in israel right now because he went back to the beginning at least yep. the beginning folks, of modern that, folks israel. that don't know me that are involved in your show i'm just 12th grade educated yeah jimmy's self-taught um, folks for for his logic yep. and reasoning he's self-taught you can and that's because yep. many paths to one truth You'll find it. I'm 59 years old, and when I was 42, reading Ayn Rand, and this is, you know, Joe and I have a lot of back and forth about Ayn Rand. This is why I lean on her so heavy. And she made, you know, I don't agree with her with everything, but it was through her that I realized what a mess the public school system had made of my thinking. Well, don't. And I began to, to search and, and correct it. Don't forget, Jimmy, I, I, I like her for that purpose. She was one of the ones who taught me how to think logically. I found her when I was in philosophy school. So I'm the product of almost 30 years of evolution from that point forward, just as are you. Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah. And, and you and I have had this conversation, but I'm saying it for the benefit of those. Yes, listeners. sir. I understand. So anyway, I'll get on out of the way because your time is short. But, yeah, well, uh, but that's what I can contribute to what you've talked about so far. Thank you, sir. I appreciate the call. Thank you. And, yes, and you know something? I want to say something. You know, we don't take a lot of calls on this show, but this is the kind of call we like on this show because this isn't a talk show. This is a classroom. And when Jimmy calls, he usually has some, well, no, I can say he always has something of substance to contribute to the class. So that's why we don't have a lot of calls. We've had some really good calls, yep. people who disagreed with me too. Oh, yes. Early on, we well, did. That too, but, but Leah, let me say something else in response to that. In case there's somebody listening that says, well, I don't know enough to do what Jimmy just did, therefore I can't call in. No, I imagine Joe was looking for honest questioning also. Amen Absolutely. to that. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So call in. Just don't talk about the snake. We all know it's there, and some of us know why. (laughs) Amen to that one. Thank you, Jimmy. Y'all take care. Thank you, Jimmy. See you later. All right. Let me me get back onto this and see if I can wrap up where I was going with this before the hour so that we can do something different in the next hour. All right. Back to to the Greek Hebrew thinking. So in the age of information, what Jimmy was just telling you, ignorance is a choice. In this world... If you don't know something and you don't go find out, you chose that. Not to choose is to choose. So if you choose ignorance, and I don't mean stupidity, I mean uneducated on that matter. You don't know. You don't know the details. Well, ignorance is a, so is self-deception. Self-deception is a choice. So you have to choose sons of Zion versus sons of Greece. Emotion versus logic truth versus self-delusion whatever you want it to be you've got to choose and your perspective of the world will depend on which side you choose because truth does exist it it exists it's real which leaves you with that right there folks if you can't see the chalkboard that's from the movie matrix that's morpheus red pill or blue y'all should know that by now you take the blue pill you keep living in your self-delusions it will 
end up ruining you eventually. You take the red pill, we're going to see how deep the rabbit hole goes. You will find truth that way. Which leaves me with that last question for the hour. How's your spiritual warfare going? Because that's what you've been talking about. And whether you realized it or not, we've been talking about this the whole time. If you're dealing with Israel, you're dealing with spiritual warfare. If you're dealing with Islam versus the West, you're dealing with spiritual warfare. If you're dealing with capital T truth versus delusion of any type, you're dealing with spiritual warfare. This is all spiritual warfare. All of it. It, it, this is part of what, this is why when I first met and Ayn Rand, loved her, absolutely loved her, brilliant logical mind, except that she's got a couple of really big fallacies woven in there. I didn't realize that until later on. And I still point people to Ayn Rand to this day. I just give them a warning. Hey, look, she ignores the spiritual side of things. You can't do that. Because the minute you do that, well, then you become your own God, in which case you're right back to spiritual again. You're just worshiping yourself, and that will get you in trouble. You have to have a transcendent higher order of what is right and wrong in this world to shoot for. This is exactly why Voltaire said, if there were no God, it'd be necessary to invent one. And you should read the rest of the quote that comes before that. He's not exactly religious right there. He was basically saying, I need a God to make sure other people have an idea of right and wrong that keeps them from trampling my rights and my, my liberties. It, it comes out to the same meaning for the same purpose. You know, but he, he had an ulterior motive. But still, this is what it's all about, folks. And ultimately, this is what I've been wrestling with. People who are self-deluded, and you cannot reach them. <clears throat> Nothing you can do. It, 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 if you're comfortable in your self-delusion, back to that slide, they've convinced themselves they're right. You're not going to be able to move them. This is why I've been recently been told that I can put people off with my military side and my, my overly confident attitude, especially women. I apologize for that if that's one of you, but I don't see myself as arrogant. I just know what I know and I know what I don't know. And I know why I know it and why I don't know it. I stand on a firm foundation that I can defend. A lot of people don't like that because it makes them feel bad uncomfortable. So therefore it has to be me. That's the problem, not them. You know, back to that Greek fuzzy emotional thinking again that Jimmy mentioned. The other thing I do is I, I use language that folks don't like. I'm blunt. This is what we mean when I tell you I'm, I'm an acquired taste. I, I say what I mean. I mean what I say. If I'm going to expect you to read between the lines, I usually give you a signal post. Hey, look, I need you to do this. Or if you're watching the board, you'll see me do something with my face and I'll give you cues that, okay, here's where you need to read. Otherwise, don't read between the lines with me. That'll get you messed up. You know, I'm, I'm the philosophical version of country music, three chords and the truth right in your face. You know, that's country music. I'm here are the facts and this is the conclusion that I made and why, boom, there it is. So what I've come down to is, the majority of people in this world choose self-delusion. 
They chose it. They're happy with it. They're comfortable with it. And I, because of the way I'm made, do not understand them. Why would you live a lie? How does that make you feel good? Where is the comfort in that? Because the minute something in this world happens that removes one of those foundation blocks that your comfort lives on, you fall apart. You come up and take one of my foundation blocks away, I already know what to do. I grab the pieces. Where was it wrong? Oh, this was a mistake. Next block, back in place. I'm back on solid foundation again. I'm good. I know how to fix it. Emotional thinkers don't. Why would you choose to live that way? We're going to go to the break. Six minutes, we come back. Let's talk about Israel. This is dangerous. Let me tell you what my thinking is. And it's just my opinion next hour. But we're going to be talking about Israel. See you in six.
All right. Hopefully everybody's in their seat. Now, before I get going with my talk on Israel and my thoughts on Israel, let me set the table a minute. Um, where I'm about to go is not structured. I haven't, it's going to be free thought off the cuff impromptu. So it's going to jump around a little bit and it's going to be swirled in there. If you have not been a regular listener, a lot of this is probably going to be like, what the heck is that? Ask the classmates. They'll fill you in on this. Charlie, Natasha, others will fill you in on this if you're not sure. But a lot of what I'm about to hit with you is going to build on everything I've ever shared with you. Because this is, I'm looking at a big picture here. Things are tying together. First things first, what's going on in Israel? Israel was, it, it, they attacked again on a high holy day, a Jewish high holy day, a biblical high holy day, not Jewish, biblical. And the last feast day of the yearly cycle, the day in which in the prophetic language, we would all go into eternity and live forever and ever with God, with Yahweh. So that's when the attack came. That's significant in and of itself. That was planned. They're also talking about how did um, they they train that you know Hamas is showing their training videos or where they train. It said how did uh, how did the Mossad miss this? How did U.S. intelligence miss this? You know, because Gaza not very big, folks. It's about half the size of New York City. You figure I just look across the border and see them training. They didn't train in Gaza, folks. They trained in Iran or some other Muslim country that's sympathetic to this. It, it, that's simple. That's easy peasy, man. Why why can't you figure this out? It, it, I'm I'm going to just take for, it's just an assumption on my part, but Iran's behind this. Shia Islam has been, Hamas doesn't do anything without Iran's help. Iran funds them. So they're in involved in all of this. I will not dismiss the fact that there's stories coming out I haven't shared with you yet. Monday, Monday's going to be a good day. We're going to talk nothing but Israel in the war and our hand in it, the United States. I got a hold of an article from military source um, there's rumblings inside the United States Defense Department that we helped plan this attack on Israel. Aspects of our United States military and military intelligence actually helped coordinate, fund, and plan this, organize it. If that's the case, if that's the case, it's time for, we need another, we need another John Adams and a Patrick Henry. And we don't need a Jefferson this time. We need the firebrands to get going again because it's it's time to dissolve Washington, D.C. And, and and like they like to say in, in the New York cop shows, forthwith. Legally, legally, I didn't say anything about using force or sedition or use of arms. We've got legal means of doing this. But the attack in Israel, they just verified that Hamas did decapitate and burn babies, infants, little children. If I were still military age and still in shape, I'd be getting my passport today. I'd be on my way to Israel to volunteer. Like a friend of mine says, I'm just a glorified secretary. I'm ready to start making appointments. He says, Marines, just all we are is secretaries. We make appointments between the people on earth that need to meet their maker and their maker. And you, you, this one, you read between the lines. We send you on to the great Valhalla to make that, make that appointment. I'm ready to make appointments. 
I watched for the very first time I sat down last night with my wife and started watching some of what's going on over there in Israel right now. Some of the videos were played. Ben Shapiro has been playing some of them. Glenn Beck played some of them. They were horrific. If you have not been paying attention, Netanyahu is warning the world that what is about to happen is going to be catastrophic to Hamas. Now, he has an English and a Hebrew version of this. The English version is that, you know, what, what you're about to see, we're going to remember for a long time. In the Hebrew, he said it will be remembered for every generation here on. That is strong language. He is, that's biblical type language. I expect that we're about to see Israel wipe out Hamas with a ground invasion of Gaza. And I mean, wipe them out. They're not going to take prisoners. What is going to probably happen, in my estimation, is you're going to see the PLO and every other radical Islamic whatever front group, because these are all front groups for Shia Islam, for Iran, basically. But you're going to see a front group invade from Lebanon and, and maybe the Golan Heights and several. They're going to try and put a two or three front war on Israel. If this happens, Israel is going to get stretched to the limit. Folks, Israel should have, by rights, been eliminated in 1947-48, in 1967, and in 1973. And in all three cases, that great spaghetti monster in the sky who doesn't exist came down and fought on Israel's side. Israel won three wars they should not have won. Militarily, they should have been wiped from the face of the earth all three times. Have you read some of the accounts, especially of the 67 war, where the Arabs and the Israeli soldiers were saying they saw things in the sky that they could not explain? It wasn't UFOs. They were, it was the hand of God, of Yahweh. Have you read the Arab articles? from the last intifada where they were writing that Yahweh fights on Israel's side, saying that their missiles would literally stop in midair and fall to the ground. They were running into invisible barriers. This was the, this is the, Iraq, the, uh, the Muslim, the, the Arab Muslim armies saying that this was happening to them in their newspapers. People will be like, well, there's no such thing as God and this spiritual stuff is nuts. It's happening right now. You see it. The other side admits it's happening. Describe what they've seen, and yet they still fight against Israel. They don't get it. They've chosen a side. They chose poorly. So when this multi-front war starts, Israel's going to be pushed hard. If they are pushed to the limit where it looks like they will lose, they will nuke these people. Israel believes in a scorched earth policy. If you're going to kill them all off, they're taking you with them. I concur with that attitude and with that tactic and that approach. I believe in defensive wars. If you start it, I will dang sure end it. And that's what Bibi said this week. said, we didn't start it. We will end it. 
There's no more room for Israel to compromise. There's no more room for Israel to give a rat's rip about what the world thinks. Israel is legal. The nation of Israel was established by the United Nations Charter. The world signed on to it. Now the United Nations is going against its own charter to attack Israel. The United Nations is as illegitimate as the United States federal government. They are both illegitimate governing bodies. They have been irsipped or irsipped, or however you want to pronounce that word, taken over by people who seek to use them and the tax money raised from the people of the world and this country to establish their own tyrannical agendas. We are at war on multiple fronts on a global level, and none of us wants to see it. We're going to shrink our picture frame rather than expanding it. And we're going to wonder why we got hit by a giant rhinoceros that looks something like a brontosaurus. People told you it was coming. You didn't listen. Now I'm going to start telling you a few things that you may or may not understand. There's a prophecy. The last battles before the Messiah returns. Israel will stand with eight princes. Princes municipalities, spiritual beings. Usually a prince is attached to a nation. There are seven English-speaking nations in this world that are nominally Christian, that have nominally supported Israel. England is three of them. England is actually Great Britain. It's actually United Kingdom, England, Scotland, Ireland. You have three there. You have a fourth in the United States. You have a fifth in Canada a sixth in Australia, and a seventh in New Zealand. Four of those seven princes, the lion and his seven cubs, have sent troops to this area, ostensibly to support Israel. If Canada, New Zealand, and Australia send troops in support of Israel as well, that is the potential of a prophetic fulfillment. In 2017, on the fall feasts, whether he planned it or not, Trump recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, first to do so. It was in the fall feasts of 2017, while the sign of the Son of Man was in the heavens above us in the constellations. Same sign as when he was born. Timing, right? A Shemitah is seven years. A Shemitah is about the return and restoration of things lost. We strongly believe that the Messiah will return in the fall feasts. I asked Charlie today, how many years from the fall of 2017 till next fall feast season? Seven. Patterns. Why is that important? You have between now and then for World War III to kick off, if that's the way you're thinking right now. Russia is traditionally aligned with the Arab nations. Everybody thinks that's Gog from the Battle of Gog and Magog. Okay. Hold on to that. 
first thing I saw in my Facebook feed today was somebody had posted a picture of the Chinese military lined up with blue helmets for the UN and the comment about it's about to start because you know China has over 200 million men who can have no chance of getting married unless they're gay because of the one child policy thank you George H.W. Bush and the CIA when you start looking through a prophetic lens through a biblical lens all of these things in history start making sense you see how one thing causes another that eventually becomes a fulfillment of prophet. And you see all of this. So people think that this is the 200 million, you know, warriors or locusts or whatever that come out of the pit. They're going to come across the dry Euphrates. That's lining up with the Tim LaHaver. See, Joe, you're wrong. Hold on to that. The Euphrates has dried up just like the Bible says it will. It's almost dry. That's never happened before. There's another prophetic. So we've got four of the seven princes heading toward Israel. We got Israel in a battle. They were attacked. Unwalled cities were attacked in a time of peace and celebration. Just like the pro- the pattern of prophecy, the last battles. We've got Islam threatening to wipe Israel from the face of the earth and the United States. Have you not seen the videos? Well, that's right. Your media won't show them. Glenn Beck did. They're yelling for the elimination of the United States as well as Israel. Hamas is. And their Shia leaders in Iran and other places. That's okay. You'd be a good little Jew. That, 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 that little guy, Hitler, he didn't mean it in his book. He's not going to do anything. I'm not coming to get you when you get put in the concentration camp. You chose. I'll let you have what you wanted. You chose. And you chose for your friends and neighbors too by not taking a side now and making your voice heard, by not acting, by not doing whatever you can, no matter how little it may be, to choose a side and make it known. That's why you get baptized. You don't need to be baptized to be saved. The thief on the cross was not baptized. Baptism is a visual affirmation that you've chosen sides. It is for both the living in this material world and the spiritual world to see you do it. Choose this day which side of this conflict you're going to be on because it's all lining up. Now, I told you to hold on to that Tim LaHaye thing. Everybody's looking for the Antichrist. We got Russia. That's Rosh. That's just out of Tim LaHaye's version. And we got China. There's a 200 million man army coming across the dry Euphrates. Tim LaHaye was right. Joe was wrong about everything. That Schofield guy was wrong. So we're going to look for the Antichrist. Congratulations. You're going to miss him. No, we won't, Joe. Yes, you will you're looking for a man when the bible the instruction manual the guy who wrote the book of revelations tells you you're looking for a spirit so if i tell you to go look for one thing and you look for another you will miss the thing i told you to look for because you're looking for something else now who do you think might be the author of that tim lahay left behind version of eschatology It's a delusion, which is a deception. Who's the author of deception? Anybody? It's not Yahweh. So the whole thing gets you busy looking in the wrong direction so that you don't see it when it comes. And what happens when you realize you had it wrong? Because you were waiting to be raptured out of all of this. You're not supposed to be here. 
you're probably sitting around right now. I'm supposed to be gone. What do you mean we're going to have World War III this year in 2024? I'm supposed to be raptured out of here. As soon as you realize that you had the wrong idea, that you were so emotional, emotionally. Oh, wait a minute. There's that Greek thinking. So I had a Greek Christianity, and you realize that your foundation is garbage. What happens to your faith? And you walk away because, oh, that Bible was garbage. No, it wasn't. You were deceived. And when people tried to explain it to you, you ignored them because that was tough. And it required you to work and test and seek and search and learn and understand. It required you to become Hebrew in your thinking. Hebrew just means crossed over from the Greek way to the God way of thinking, Yahweh's way of thinking, of acting, of living. Israel just means, I don't know what the Hebrew word is, but I know El is, is Elohim, God. Is Isra, or whatever, wrestles with Charlie? You got any help here for me? That's exactly it. Wrestles with. Okay, wrestles with L. Wrestles or struggles with. Well, that doesn't mean you fight against him. It means you're trying to understand him. So whether you're Christian or Jew, you're Israel. If you're trying to understand Yahweh, the God of the Bible, and obey him and follow him. Well, there's no obedience, Joe. You better read that stupid book again. And I don't mean stupid in that way. I mean stupid in the way you're thinking about it. From stem to stern, it's about showing that you are part of his kingdom by the way you act. It's just that your actions don't earn your way into the kingdom. It's a relationship thing. It's perspective. It's all how you look at it. Are you looking at it as a Greek or a Hebrew? So what am I looking at in Israel? I am looking at a potential for a mess. We got something going on this time that we've never had before. 48, 67, 73. The caliphate didn't exist. The vestiges of it do now. Thank you, Barack Obama and whoever else is behind the scenes that we don't see. And the United States is still working in that direction. That hasn't happened before. So we have new variables in this equation. And we've got absolute morons in charge of our political and military apparatus who have zero idea of what they're dealing with because they think they're using Islam. I got a little news flash for you folks. When your spiritual Elohim is you and you're fighting against the spirit that we call Allah, you're going to lose to him. So the secular world, you will get bowled over by the forces that are under the control of that actual unclean spirit. You're not capable of fighting a spirit. So he's going to direct his people in a way you've got no understanding how to deal with. So progressives, Republicans and Democrats, you will lose. Yes, I'm telling you, Satan will beat you. You dang skippy, he will. Choose wisely, boys and girls. Secular, Islamic, some version of the Bible. Get your butt on a side. There's no middle ground here anymore. I I don't know what else to tell you other than that from my perspective, from my perspective, you notice that it's opinion time right now, this whole hour. 
everything I'm seeing in the Middle East is, yep, okay, yeah. I've been expecting that. You read my blogs for any length of time? You know me for any length of time? I've been talking this for a long time. Bibi, my wife, will tell you, since, since she met me, this has been coming out of my mouth. I just didn't know the time any better than Beck. Poor problem for Mr. Beck. I was watching him last night. His Wednesday shows. This is why I still have the blaze. His Wednesday shows are primarily his research team, which isn't as good now as it used to be, but it's still good. It's better than he is. It's his research team's work that I really care about. But I'm watching him. He says, I know who I worship. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand with my God. He's a Mormon. He doesn't know who he worships. How dare you say that, Joe? Well, I, I've got somebody who tells me that I can say that. Jesus, Yeshua, at the well, talking to the Samaritan woman. Well, the Samaritan woman was reading the scriptures. They keep the Torah, the first five books. They go to temple. You know, they've set their temples up. And they've got their bowls and their, their two places where they can worship. They got their priests. They set the Bible up for themselves. They're worshiping their, you know, according to the law of Moses, their way. And what does Jesus tell her? He says, you, you Samaritans don't know who you worship. Don't know what you worship is what he says. Well, wait a minute. I thought she did. She's expecting the Messiah. And she says he's going to teach them how to worship properly. She's, he's going to explain everything. She knows who the Messiah is supposed to be biblically. How is it she doesn't know what she worships? Did it her way. You know, going to break out that song. I did it my way. How well does that work out when you do that? It doesn't. You bend your way to the truth of how this world works, or you don't. You bend it to the way you want it to be, and you become self-deluded. It's very simple. It's work. If you're going to go with the truth, it's work. And you're going to have to come to grips with things that a lot of us aren't going to want to come to grips with. What do you mean I'm not God? You're not. There is no God. You want to bet? You're watching him at work right now in the world. What's happening to the United States? This is prophetic. We are following the patterns of the Bible. Step for step for step for step. Go read Jonathan Kahn's books. I'm not going to read them. Then listen to him for crying out loud. Get them on audio. That's going to cost money. Then live ignorantly and leave me the heck alone. You chose it. Go away. Off to the concentration camp with you. I'm going to let you have what you wanted. See, Joe, you're evil. Very Greek of you. Made you feel upset, so now it's got to be my fault. Just like what you think God sends you to hell. No, he doesn't. You do. He gives you what you chose. You chose that? Okay, off you go. I warned you what the results was. You decided. Off you go. What the heck is wrong with us, folks? So, Israel. It's a barometer of the world. The fulfillment of prophecy. Everybody thinks it's Jesus. Yes, he is. You live in a time with the second greatest fulfillment of prophecy in the history of the world. Tell me when another, another time when a nation that was lost to the world history came back in the same place with the same people speaking the same language and the same culture as Israel did. That is unique. It has never happened anywhere in the world before, ever. 
That's why the Bible says, where has it been heard that such a thing can happen? And yet it did. It did on Jubilee years. Exactly like the pattern of the scriptures tell us what we should have expected. It happened. They've never lost a war. They never will. Not from this point forward. Bible says they won't. So you have this fulfillment of prophecy, something that mankind has never known. And you ignore the book that said it'll happen 2,500, 3,500 years ago. And it's very specific. It's not, it's not applicable to your interpretation to make it fit that way. It says the nation will be born in one night. And it was. It says the people will come back. And they did. It says the land will go from a desert to one of the most fruitful things the world knows. And it has. Everything that we're told will happen from the resurrected nation of Israel has or is happening. And we ignore it. Why? Because it feels good to do that. Otherwise, we got to think like a Hebrew. And that requires work. And it means we got to deny ourselves the wants that make us feel good. And we got to start learning to do it somebody else's way. In other words, we've got to wrestle with the same choice that Adam and Eve had in the garden. And we keep wanting to choose the fruit. I want the knowledge to make me just like God. Isn't that what the progressive says ultimately? Have you read their writings? Once we learn enough, science teaches us everything we know to be like God. Uh Yeah. Well, that tree of knowledge didn't come with the tree of life tree of knowledge will lead to death. Whether it's a metaphor or not is irrelevant. The truth, the objective truth of the matter is, the more knowledge we learn, the more astray we go. Because it's diluted knowledge. We never stop to look and dig down deep so that we can understand what we think we know. It's like it was pointed out to me not too long ago. About every 20 years, science revolutionizes everything it thinks it knows. Why is that? Because every generation comes along and they want to make their mark in science, so they invent a new way of looking at it, a new perspective. And they make the facts fit their new perspective. They're Greek. And they tell themselves, look, I've learned more than the last generation did. No, you didn't. You just prove that Solomon is correct. Nothing new under the sun, same as it ever was. So once again, you've affirmed the Bible in the process of telling me you've discovered something new. You haven't. And I'm just explaining to you why I have to believe in the scriptures. Everything that I have learned about it has proven true. And everything it tells me about the way the world works and the way things are going to happen has proven true. And all the patterns in the Bible keep repeating in the world as I look at them. Part of natural law. I try to tell people until I'm blue in the face. It doesn't do me any good. I ran it. I started the show telling you I'm dejected because I ran into something in my private life. I got a gentleman. He's read a book. (laughs) A book. One. 
And he ran into an explanation that has more than one part to it. And he read the first part and stopped. And he's decided that this book and that one part of the explanation of the problem at hand is it. That's it. That's all there is to it. He's done. And everything that doesn't fit that, he rejects. I tried to explain to him, look, man, you got to look at the next part of the explanation. It, it tells you that you're wrong in this case. The, the thing you've decided to reject, you've rejected based on the wrong part of the explanation, the wrong part of the definition. So he's built an entire worldview on his choices. When the very book he's claiming as his authority for doing this tells him he's wrong. I can't get him to see it. Why? Because the minute he admits that he was wrong, he was wrong. That requires a level of self-humility that he's not capable of reaching right now. He has to admit, I goofed. I'm not God. I'm not perfect. I'm not infallible. I got no problem with that. Show me I'm wrong. Okay, I was wrong. Sorry, I'll fix it. Because my allegiance is to the truth, not to me. That's that Greek, Hebrew thinking again. The Hebrew's allegiance is to truth, capital T, truth. The Greek's thinking is to themselves. That's their allegiance to themselves, ultimately. And one of them, emotion's got nothing to do with it. The Hebrew is very Levulcan. And by the way, this is actually a Jewish symbol. So live long and prosper. Oh, not my opinion. Leonard Nemo, I told you, that's where he got it from, who happens to be of Jewish descent. You know, the live long and prosper hand sign, that, that's Hebrew. So logic, Hebrew. Well, no, Joe, that's faith. No, you don't understand the concepts because you're thinking like a Greek. You got to dig, people. You got to do the work. You got to put a firm foundation under you so when the world falls apart, you don't go with it. Beck was like, we've got to become an anchor for the world to turn to. He That was Mormon. Charlie, throw yourself on the screen. When he's telling all his audience they've got to get ready to to help defend the country, you know, we're going to have the hanging by a thread and all this stuff. He's using, he's alluding to Mormon prophecy, isn't he? Yes. So yeah. He's actually was trying to proselytize. Yeah, proselytize. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to convert his audience to, to yes. Mormonism without yes. them knowing it. Because Mormon doctrine is, is it the the quote-unquote elders of Israel will come in to save this nation and restore the Constitution. Because he sees the Constitution as almost part and parcel with Scripture. Yeah, and they, and they do say that there will be others joining them. You there know, you in, go. In doing that, but they will be leading this, this fight. So I have no, I could be wrong, but I think the way he talks, I think he thinks he's one of the elders that's going to help save the country. I think he believes Perhaps, this. Yeah. And he's bringing his audience with him. Perhaps. Well, here's the problem, folks. What happens when the nation fails? What happens to Beck's faith? And that's because he didn't do the work. He hasn't done the work. 
and the people following him haven't done the work behind him to see what he's actually doing. I don't want you to be one of those people. And he says, you know, you got to follow him and get ready to do what he encourages you to do so the nation can turn to you. Why would I want to turn to somebody who's built up an ideology that's based on lies? Well, how can I, why, why would I say Mormonism is based on lies? Because I've done a little work into Joseph Smith. And Joseph Smith and a guy named Muhammad, the Kumbaya, Jack. Very Kumbaya. They almost mirror images of each other. They're both getting the restored gospel from an angel that connected with finding them in a cave. And then nobody else can see this angel or any of this. It's all them. It's only them in their work. It's, it's almost like the same spiritual beings behind them. It's just one learned how to do it a little, you know, he learned how to do it a little better. So where the Muhammad thing didn't work, he gave it to the Mormons. Or it worked so well with Muhammad, he gave it to the Mormons. Because, you know, the Mormons are one of the fastest growing religions in the world. And you know where yes. they recruit from? Christians. Yes. So, folks, you got to do the work or you will. Is there a book that we know of, Charlie, that says that you can be deceived as a believer if you're not careful, if you don't know the word? Yeah, yeah, there is. It's pretty emphatic about that. The Bible, right? Yeah, yeah. it is. But I thought once saved, always saved, and it's impossible for you to be snatched out of his hand. Um, I haven't read that. Well, the part about being snatched out of his hand. I mean, ignore the fact that he's actually talking about the people he was given there while he was actually alive the first time. The context tells you not everybody given to him, the ones that had been given to him then before he goes to the cross, he has preserved all of them. That's what he's talking about. I mean, but, you know, we apply it to ourselves because well, it makes us feel yeah, good. Yeah. Folks. Charlie, I'm about talked out, man. I, I, where do we need to go? What do we need to do? Questions? Any comments, thoughts from you today? Well, anything on the board? The the only thing I've been thinking about as we go along is it, this all goes back to the very beginning, and you got two things that that are there. One of them is, you know, Adam, what did you do? Well, that well, woman. Me, it was that woman you gave me. Yeah. And you know the woman. Well, well, it was it was that 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 serpent tricked me. We won't take personal responsibility. Yep. And then we need to. The, the other part is is that the way the serpent deceived Eve was he got her to question what Yahweh said. Yes. And you got to be real careful with this because if you dig further into the scriptures, you find out that Adam has some responsibility with this. Yes. Because if you carefully read the scriptures, Adam added to what Yahweh told him when he taught it to Eve. Yep. So you got to find out what Yahweh really said, and you got to know. Which goes back to that Yahweh Hebrew way of thinking. Really you hear it, you said. believe it, then you got to dig into it. So you've got to get to the bedrock. But doesn't that apply to everything? The Constitution? Absolutely. Doesn't that apply to what the progressives believe? It Absolutely. applies to everything. It applies to everything. Incidentally, real quick, comment on the board from uh, Truku. says, I heard Glenn Beck say he converted to Mormonism to get, his, get with his wife. Opposite way around, Truku. 
he come out of his addiction and he started studying all the religions and he was led by his friend Pat Gray and he decided Mormonism was the true religion. His wife converted to be with him. Um, I can actually probably find you that that show if you want me to, but he's explained that several times. It was his wife that converted, so biblically he's in trouble for that. He led one of those astray. But yeah, it was Pat Gray who who led him there. Um, I just wanted to get that out. Charlie, I I know that nah. I, I I'm talked out today, folks. Let's let's wrap this one up, Charlie. All right. Um, Monday, Manic Monday. We're going to be looking at nothing but what's going on in Israel and the United States' hand in it, how we're funding it. We're not innocent. It's true to form. The, the Canaanites are still with us. Incidentally, Canaanites, Hamas, Hezbollah, PLO, same people. Gee, I wonder. They're a thorn in Jews' side. They're a thorn in our side. More prophecy. It's just the way you're looking at it, Joe. Maybe, but it is amazing how every way I look at it lines back up with the Bible and I don't have to use a hammer, isn't it? Yeah, Clay, this this is what we, you were talking about earlier, that they're going to be a thorn in their side forever. That's that's Until things are remade. So let's, um, let's all be here Monday. And, yeah, we'll be political Monday with the with the with the headlines we're reading. We will, but it'll also be history and it'll be spiritual. It'll be it'll true to form. The new format, I just blend it all together as I feel like it. You take it or leave it as it's as it speaks to you. Uh, those of you I owe emails to, I am going to make a max effort to get those answered this weekend. Um, to the rest of you, I thank you for being here. I, I hope I serve you in some way. I honestly. I don't think all that much of myself. I know a lot of people think I do, but I think I, I wish I knew how to serve you better. I do it until then. I'm just trying to be obedient to what I believe I'm being pushed to do. It's just the way I see things. I, I hope it helps. If it does, if you know anybody, it might help as well. Share the show. You got to do it directly. Send them the link directly message PM text or whatever. We know we're being throttled by the social media groups. We see it. The, even the apps are all screwed up with the numbers. Um, our base account itself tells us that the social media is playing with it. Um, if you are of a mind to do so, we still need a couple dozen of you to give us that $5 a month recurring donation. Buy us that cup of coffee every month. Need to uh, finish up with a few more reoccurring monthly bills to help us cover those. I can cover the gas coming out of my pocket. That I'm happy to do that, but it would be a big help if you'd help us cover the cost of putting on the show. That's up to you. Only if you feel led, just like if you feel led to do so, we do like seeing the up rumbles and the thumbs up signs. Let's us know that we did a good job that day. I don't care about talking to other people from now on the rumble up and the thumbs up sign. You're talking to me and Charlie and Natasha. You're telling us that we did okay that day. So I appreciate the time and the effort and all of y'all giving me this hour and 45 minutes of your day today, two hours every day. Thank you. Y'all stay safe. Take care of yourselves. Be careful out there right now. Dangerous world. Keep your eyes open. Look outside the frame. Make sure you don't get run over. See you Monday. <laughs>